Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to The Female Gaze, a podcast celebrating pop culture that embodies the female gaze and investigates what that even means. (laughs) We're still trying to figure it out. Uh, joining me today is my brilliant co-host, Alana Rodriguez. Hello, Alana. Hello. It's me, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Did you just say it's me, brilliant? Yeah. I love okay. that. I love, yeah. You're setting the bar high for yourself. I have a, I've had a great week. Oh, really? Yeah. That's just a lot of fucking, not literally. <laughs> just like, I, don't, I don't even know what that means like if it's great. not literal. <laughs> it's definitely not been a lot of fucking. It's been like a lot of fucking cool shit. Yeah. Cool shit okay. happening. Which now we're just shortening to fucking. We're just I love fucking, that. You yeah. just fill in the blank at the end yeah. of that sentence. Uh, in just a few moments, we'll be joined by filmmaker Jenna Lorenzo, who has a new movie in theaters right now. It's called Les Bomb and is a very unique take on the home for the holiday genre. So it's very timely. Uh, and it's also simultaneously a coming out story. So Jenna stopped by to talk about her experience as a first-time woman director, not only directing iconic Hollywood stars like Bruce Dern, Cloris Leachman, and Kevin Pollack, the cast is totally nuts in this movie, uh, but she also stars in it, and it's a very personal story, and Alana and I related to it uh, on many levels, I would say, and we think you guys will too. So uh, Jenna will be here in just a few minutes. We also play the hot takes wheel with her, and uh, it was a hot one. Again, just a reminder, though, to please tweet or DM us your ideas to put on the wheel. We want to know what you're talking about so we can get in on it, too. But first, we're going to kick off a new segment on the show called Float Your Boat. (laughs) Alana and I made a deal, but she didn't have much choice in making with me, that every time I say the name of the segment, she has to make a tugboat sound. Yeah, but can you do it for me first so I can just imitate? That's a train. Toot toot honk. Oh, tugboat's like honk. deeper. Honk. <laughs> it's not a honk. Wah. Like, you have such a deeper voice than I do naturally. I think oh. my toot toot yeah. sounds like a train, and your toot toot will sound like toot a tugboat. Toot. <laughs> okay. We'll toot be working toot. on this, guys. <laughs> All right. Float anyway. Your boat, toot toot. <laughs> the float your boat segment uh, is for us to make basically recommendations to you of cool shit that we are watching, reading, listening to, whatever, uh, just so we can kind of expand our topic horizons beyond what our particular guest is here to talk to us about. So we're just going to give it a shot. So on today's Float Your Boat, I'm going to kick us off here. I would like to, well, <laughs> how do I want to set it up then? I guess what's floating my boat this week toot, toot. <laughs> <laughs> is the movie Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is in theaters right now and uh, is receiving a lot of awards, recognition, uh, nominations, which I'll get to in a second. But just in case you aren't familiar, Can You Ever Forgive Me is the uh, dramatic Melissa McCarthy movie, as some people are referring to it. She stars in it. It's about a real-life writer named Lee Israel, who was a celebrity biographer in the 70s and 80s. And she started to fall on hard times financially. So in 1991, she started forging letters uh, supposedly written by famous writers and selling them to collectors to make quick cash. So the movie is kind of about that. 
It's also set in New York in the winter. It has this amazing jazz soundtrack. And uh, the three lead characters in the film are all queer. And it's interesting because I didn't know that going into the movie. And it's not part of their obstacles in the film. It's just the fabric of their lives. It's not commented on. It, you know, it is addressed and it's part of their stories, but it's not like, oh, and by the way, you know, she's gay and now we're going to show how horrible that is for her. Um, <laughs> so, so that was a nice uh, change of approach to that. And yeah, so the Golden Globe nominations came out this morning, which is why uh, I thought in particular to recommend this movie because it did get some nominations. Uh, Melissa McCarthy was nominated in the acting category, as was her co-star Richard E. Grant, which was great. Uh, But I want to also shout out the amazing director, Marielle Heller, who also directed the film The Diary of a Teenage Girl, which came out a few years ago, or probably a little longer than that now, but in the last five years. Uh, That was her first film, which was another awesome female-centric movie uh, and feels very different from the new movie, but I think when you consider the directorial lens that is applied to both, they feel very similar. They're very lived-in, real, relatable stories of interesting women of different ages, a teenage girl and a woman in the middle of life. Anyway... I was disappointed to see this morning, as many were, that no women were nominated for Best Director for the Golden Globes in 2019. Really? Yeah. And, you know, it it's become such a chicken or the egg discussion of, okay, well, were there that many women who directed movies this year that could have been nominated? And the answer is yes. There's actually extensive lists of wonderful movies directed by women this year. But surely there's never enough. If there were more women directing, we would have more women to nominate. But it's just kind of crazy because I don't know if you remember at last year's Golden Globes, this also happened and Natalie Portman presented that category. And she said on stage as she was about to announce the winner, she said, and here are the all male nominees and then listed all the men. And the audience gasped and the world gasped because it's like, oh, my God, she actually said it out loud and acknowledged this huge oversight. And apparently the Hollywood Foreign Press doesn't care and is like, yeah, we're going to do it all over again. Yeah, but are we shocked? No. I mean, yeah, I don't know. This falls into the category of always shocked, never shocking. I don't know. It's, It's like both feelings at the same time. Yeah, it's one of those things also that I feel like, I don't know, but like... I often lose hope like you always have so much like I don't know hope I guess going into a new year because you're like okay maybe things will change like the political climate and social and blah 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 blah, blah. and then all of a sudden like the Golden Globe nominations come out and you're like oh great good to know that nobody heard anything right and of course we never expect change to happen overnight it never does but uh, you think okay can we have one out of five maybe one out of five I mean I I don't know if you saw the movie Private Life on Netflix that Tamara Jenkins directed, but that was one of my favorite movies of the year so far, and she did a fucking phenomenal job. I mean, there are just many deserving women. I thought Mariel Heller was one of them. And anyway, so that did not float my boat, but the, the movie does. I highly recommend it. Also, I have to give a shout-out. Killing Eve got nominated for Best Drama and Sandra Oh for Best Actress in that show. Basically, every brilliant friend that I have says that's their favorite show of the year. Uh, It's just fucking awesome. And to reference our first episode of the podcast, Star is Born had a big day with Globes nominations. So congrats to Gaga Gaga. (laughs) and Bradley and the rest of the crew. 
I do want to say one thing. I will never understand why Shallow is the song being picked out of that movie why? and not I'll Never Love Again. What? Because I'll Never Love Again is a classic, epic love ballad that I think you could listen to on the radio 30 years from now and it will sound like a legit song. Shallow, Shallow I disagree. Shallow only makes no. sense in the context of the movie. No, I have had... Song. You're a liar, and you you are hating because that song is fucking good. Shallow is like yeah, first it's of great, all, but in the movie, yeah, but out of the movie too. I, I listen to Shallow once a day, I, okay, and I imagine myself just like singing to you. Oh, to me specifically. <laughs> yeah. Me and you, like you do because the, you know, it'll like, drive me crazy. Something. Yeah, and then <laughs> I start, and then like you come in, and then you do the thing. Oh, but I feel like fantasy. people could. Like, it's on the radio. Well, I know. So I was in a lift this weekend, and they had Z100 on, and fucking Shallow came yes. on, and I was laughing hysterically to myself. I w- no. I wanted to turn to everyone in the lift, because, you know, it was a ride chair, because <laughs> you, you got to save where you can. And, you know, I wanted to be like, this is not a real song on the radio, right? Like, this is... It, it's fiction. You can hear the crowd in the song. It just doesn't make sense to me anyway. You're just uh, not appreciating it, It's the a very music. good song. I, the point is, I'm happy for A Star is Born, and um, Same. congrats to everyone. <laughs> and <laughs> next year, hopefully, we'll see more women. And that's what's floating my boat. Okay. Toot, toot. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Okay, right, my Anna, turn. What's, what's floating your okay, boat? Okay, guys. I actually, it's not, it's a little more corporate America, but it's floating my boat because I feel like it's so relevant right now because it's end of year. Now's the time where, like, us, I get men and women, but I'm going to speak for women because that's what this article is about. We're going in and we're asking for like promotions and raises, right? Yeah, it's year end review time, baby. Year end motherfucking review. And I fucking love doing year end reviews because I feel like that's a time for me to go in and be like, this is all the shit that I'm so technically supposed to be doing. This is all the shit that I did. Like, what's up? Give me that money. Yeah. Right. So anyway, I was reading this article. It's on L because I'm a lady, <laughs> and it is called that is How lady to in French. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. That is really fucking clever. I didn't even say that because of that. I just thought it was dainty because I, I read L and I'm like, you know, fashion and shit. Um, and it's called How to Prep Before Asking for a Raise. Mm. Um, the writer, her name is Michaela McKenzie. So shout out Michaela. But I thought it was really fucking sick because. And I guess we could, like, link to this, like, what, with social, whatever. We could link to all this shit. Yeah, yeah. We're just discovering. We'll whatever. Tweet, we'll tweet, share it. We'll tweet, Check share, yeah. Check out our Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I thought was so excellent about this article is it gives you, specifically for women, tips on how to go into the room and not feel defeated off the bat. Because I feel like it is so fucking... I mean, everyone can agree. It's really fucking intimidating. Like, you go into a room, and it's usually a man, senior leadership, and Mm -hmm. you have to, like, go in and just be like, hello, sir, can I have some more? Like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, so fucking awkward. Yeah. And I remember one year, two years ago, and I wish I read this article before, um, I went in, and I, I, I was feeling one of those, like, I don't know, I'm Puerto Rican, and we were raised, like, be grateful and, like, you know, accept the pat on the back and, like, not that Puerto Ricans are never grateful but it's like be grateful for these opportunities and like celebrate and it's mm-hmm. wonderful and great so i i went into my year-end review not prepared to ask for anything yeah and i remember my boss at the time he was like you know what you're doing such a great job and we're gonna give you a three percent raise yeah <laughs> and i literally looked at him and i was like, like you i live in new york city that's not what? even the inflation like i literally eat tuna every fucking day <laughs> Anyone that I've ever lived with is like, oh, Alana lives here. She eats fucking turkey bacon and eggs for breakfast and a can of tuna for dinner because I'm fucking poor. So I went in and I looked at him and I just remember being like, thank you so much for the opportunity. I walked out 
I sat down at my cube and I was like, no, fuck that shit. I have done so much this year. And you're going to look at me and say, oh, you did a great job. And here's 3%. I'm like, that is two fucking pickles on my paycheck. (laughs) So I went back in and I was like, listen, man, with all due respect, you can keep it. Give it to someone. Add it to someone else's. I don't know what you got to do. But like that does nothing for me. And I feel like I work so fucking hard. And how do you respond to that? He didn't. He was awkward. He didn't know what to say. What did you end up getting? I didn't. I I ended up getting 6%. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> probably oh, because I was being an asshole turn. yeah but um but That's I don't good. know I was just like you know what like keep it like I totally I'm so appreciative of everything and I don't want you to think that I'm not but but just keep pay it. me what I'm pay worth. me what I'm worth bro yeah. and I know like, I know what men around me make and I know that I do a, a really good fucking job how do you know what they make because I asked <laughs> yes I you asked to. them yeah I asked them yeah that's something I have to be better at. It's really it's uncomfortable tough. for me. It is so uncomfortable because you don't want to. And honestly, like, you only really get the leg up if you're a senior. And right. there's people underneath you who are men. And you know their salary because they come asking, you know, you for advice yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And not for nothing, but one of the guys who I work with, like, he, two levels below me, made double what I made when I was his position. You know what I mean? And it's yep. like, at the end of the day, like, everyone needs to make a good fucking salary. And I am so happy for people that have that. But all the more reason to for me wanting to be prepared going into the next one. So the year after, I literally did all my research. And this was one of the tips in the article, too. Like, mm-hmm. do your research. Mm-hmm. Write down what you do. And my mom says, Lani, write down everything that you do in a notepad. I'm like, oh, my God, mom, literally. But it's true. Yeah. Because you go back. And I remember the next year I went back and I was like, hey, man, before you speak, give me two seconds. I'm going to pitch you why I think I deserve X amount more. I asked for pr- like $20,000 more. Mm-hmm. Really. And I feel like we should be transparent because no one is transparent about this. And as a woman, like, really, that is fucking nothing. Right. So I looked at what people were making in the industry. I wrote down everything I did. I wrote down what I'm supposed to be or what I'm going to do with the clients that have given me like stellar feedback, all Mm -hmm, of that stuff. mm -hmm. And I went in and I really didn't make it an option. I was like, this is what I deserve. And this, I know for a fact, I will go above and beyond for you. Like, you scratch my back, dude, I'll scratch your back because this is how it should be. Right. And I feel like not a lot of people are given these tips and like everything from like taking on more responsibility to writing down what you do to tracking the sales if you're like you know bringing in money to the business all mm-hmm. of that great stuff and also like talking yourself up like fucking Issa Rae and Insecure get your ass in the mirror <laughs> now every time and I remember going into this review now and thank god my boss is like a fucking awesome guy and knows what I deserve and I went in and I said all this stuff and he was like no I completely agree yeah and I'm like great but I feel like more women and because he and I have a great relationship it was a little easier but n- back a few years ago like and so many women now myself included like you go into rooms with really intimidating people and you're almost made to feel like you have to I mean you do you have to fight for it and it's just a pain in the ass because sometimes they're like okay here you go I'm like it was that fucking easy right yeah I mean but you know it might not always go well no sometimes you'll hear no no but and if you, they're never going to give it to you if you don't ask for it totally that's and not the world we live in yeah and it's like the last thing you want is to go in and be like the quote emotional woman Right. Who's like coming in like super strong and like crying and not that you're supposed to be crying, but like people get emotional. Yeah. Well, yes. I I have two thoughts about that. I mean, it doesn't it's not inherently emotional to state your worth and ask for what you deserve. Right. If you happen to be emotional having that conversation. Great. Because I'm tired of fucking pretending like emotions are bad in the workplace. They are amazing. The only reason that they have any stigma is because men are in most positions of leadership in companies. I had a meeting with. A guy was very high up in my company about a year ago, and he 
pulled me into his office because he wanted my honest opinion about some problems he had heard about in my department, right? So it was supposed to be this very, like, off-the-record, candid conversation. And I started some sentence to him with, we feel like blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, I have to stop you right there. Feel is my trigger word. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I just, I don't know what to do with that when I hear that I'd rather leave emotions out of it. And I was so confused by that. I kind of just tried to pivot and rephrase. And then when I was leaving that company, he and I had another little heart to heart on like my last day over a tequila that he poured for us, which was very sweet, like very well-intentioned guy, right? But was not aware of how he was really going down the wrong track with this way of thinking. And he was like, do you have any parting words for me, advice? I was like, yeah, I'd actually like to revisit when you told me feelings are your trigger word. I was like, feelings are what make your employees come in here fired up, ready to do good work, passionate. Like that is what brings out the best in your employees. Right. And yeah, there's going to be another side to that, which is that they're going to feel it when they're being disrespected or, you know, not empowered to do their jobs. Those are all feelings. And that should be relevant to how we are going about our business. Completely agree. And he he, he seemed to really hear that and clearly had just never been asked to reexamine his feelings about that word and that idea. Yeah, I think it's really about just training senior leadership, also corporate America to like reevaluate and look, just have a totally different outlook on what a workplace should be like feelings should be okay and you know what even now I get freaked out sometimes because I'm a really fucking emotional person like I'm a double Pisces (laughs) I got that Leo rising but I'm a real emo person and for me anyone on my team like you're my family Uh you're gonna see me laugh cry sweat blah 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 but in the back of my head like I was raised and my mom will to this day die telling me never cry in the workplace you go in and get your shit together but do not let them see you cry right and I'm like I agree with that But I also feel like there are times where it's okay to show people that you're vulnerable, that you're feeling the pressure, too, if it's like, you know, with your teammates. And why would you not want your employees to be able to release that emotion and then move on with their fucking day? Like, I don't want you to sit there and suffer trying to hold something in. If you're about if you're upset about something all day, you're not going to be focused on your work. You're not going to be productive. Like you need to deal with your shit when you're having it. You know, and if like maybe that means today it's not the most kick ass day that you're going to have in your job, but you'll like emote, you'll deal with your shit and you'll probably come back tomorrow ready to move on. Yeah, exactly. We're not fucking robots. No, we shouldn't be suffering in silence. No, not at all. I had one conversation super quickly because now I know we're going on a tangent, (laughs) but I had one conversation with a, a coworker of mine, a male coworker, and we were having like a really intense conversation whatever but he actually started tearing up when we were having the conversation Uh and I was like this is like a guy who's older than me like obviously feeling the stress too and we were just like talking and he started crying and I was like yeah and then I started crying and I was like let's fucking hug bro but like just seeing that he was okay I was like this is the kind of work environment that I want to be in yeah because I'm not I don't fucking spend more time with y'all than my own family to sit here and be I motherfucking robot I don't (laughs) like I need to do my shit let me have a moment let me cry yeah for a second yeah okay so great article recommendations for 2019 more men who cry in positions of leadership <laughs> or just more women toot, toot. or non-binary people or people who have access to their feelings because mm-hmm. we're fucking human beings. Yeah. I love that. Done. Toot, toot, toot baby. Toot, motherfucking toot. All right. Well, that's today's Float Your Boat. We'll be right back with filmmaker Jenna Lorenzo. I'm 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jenna Lorenzo, thanks for joining the show. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> Jenna is a filmmaker that we are very honored to have in the studio with us today because she has a movie out that we just saw a couple days ago called Les awesome. Bomb. It was yep. great. And it was a great time. Would you just, for those who haven't seen the film yet, give the little plot rundown? Yeah, it's about a young woman played by myself um, <laughs> who brings her girlfriend home to meet the family. Um, but then her like coming out efforts are thrown off the rails because her male roommate shows up and her family just assumes that it, that she's coming home to say that they're together. Right. I would like to ask you a question. I'm trying to think as I'm asking it if it's really addressed in the movie. Why the fuck did she ever think that was going to be a good idea? <laughs> like just to do this home, at the same yeah. time, bring the girlfriend and come out. I feel like I. I mean, sometimes in my life, I always think that it's better to, like, go in and go in strong uh -huh. and not overthink it. Right. But, like, the character is obviously very much overthinking it. But right. But I think that when you're, like, approaching chaos, sometimes it's easy to get distracted by, like, what's actually the matter at hand. Right. Totally. Um, totally. And so, like, oh, this is a good idea because I'm going to be so fixated on everything else except for what's most important. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, well, and also it's a thing in the movie that she keeps wanting everyone else to just come out for her right she can't actually pull the trigger i was gonna say that i thought that was so interesting only because i feel like i would have done exactly the same right well a i would have definitely tried to come out with my girlfriend at a time like that and then b i would have been like well can you, then you do it then that'd be great if you just want to like <laughs> ease me into it and i'll come just like take it home yeah, i'll be in the bathroom I'll do that. great give me a knock yeah. when it's done throw that softball right over the home plate and then <laughs> i'll hit it got you <laughs> then i'll hit it i got you <laughs> By the way, was there a picture of you as a child softball player yes. in the movie? Okay. And was that real? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It was like, it's like still in my bedroom. I just remember being like, they're like, do you have any pictures? I was like, well, I feel like playing softball is a bit on the nose and like a wink wink. To, yeah. You know? no, and I was like, it okay, was so good. Oh, yeah. There are many visual jokes in the movie, but that one was my favorite and very specific, but like Spot it was on. correct. Yeah. <laughs> my father's so proud of that picture. Really? Yeah. He's always like, it's a great picture. <laughs> It's great picture. <laughs> like, yeah, I actually, great. my father and his, like, he calls it his lair where he, like, escapes from my stepmom occasionally, has a, like, four foot tall, glossy photo of me playing softball hanging in it. I, so I did guess not play softball, real. so I can't relate to you guys. Bye. Unfortunately, uh, you see I'm out. fired. <laughs> you Show us your next. credentials, madam. <laughs> I'm not good. <laughs> there, there's actually this picture in my, because we shot the film in my childhood bed, in my childhood bedroom, house, everything. That was your that's, house. That's my house. Yeah. And so there's a picture in the I movie. I want to close your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, a picture in the movie you can see in my bedroom somewhere where I'm like 12 years old in this like neon fluorescent dance outfit with like my hand like doing like that um <laughs> that 70s like dance style. And it's like this. And oh, yeah. Kevin Pollock, who plays my father, he came up and saw the picture. He's like, oh, that's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> like, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Wait, yes, by yes. the way, he is so lovely in that movie. Isn't he amazing? I've always oh, loved him. Him, but he was lovely like what yes. a even when he was being an asshole father that you want to murder he was but also he did just it so like love. real yeah. yeah he was like the type of dad that you're like oh 
I wish he was my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the just like spot. Everything was spot on. And even the angry assholeness came out of love for you. Yeah. For right. your character. Yeah, he's he was incredible. Um he was both him and Deirdre brought such a grounded yeah. um Yeah, she was amazing too. Yeah. yeah. Your mother. They were they really ground the comedy. Mm-hmm. All of their actions are so uh clearly motivated. Yeah. Right. I just loved working with I mean, everyone, really. Yeah. You could tell the chemistry was there mm. for the whole family. I had no idea that was your childhood home, though. Yeah, it's my childhood well, home. Well, how was that, filming that Crazy. there? The same thing? I was Thanksgiving there <laughs> the year that you actually did that? So on Thanksgiving, because we were shooting, I think, four or five days after Thanksgiving, um, I was storyboarding the movie with my actual family taking pictures. Oh wow. Like, putting them in position and, like, taking <laughs> and taking Whoa. pictures with my camera. And that was my storyboarding. And, like, I, for, I know my grandparents still don't know what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but they were there? They were part of it? Yeah, I was like, wow. I need you to stand over in the – there's, like, an actual picture of them on the porch, like, where that where Bruce is, like, talking to Cloris yeah. about catching us kissing. Yeah. And I have, like, the picture of them there. And I have the picture of me and my mom in the mirror and, like, all that stuff. It's, oh my God. Of all of your family who are depicted in that movie, are they the most flattered by the actors that played them? My uh, grandparents. My, um, they. I mean, I think I wonder. Are how those my, two characters like a amalgamation of my many well, grandparents? Bruce is like you know the, he's pretty far from my. Well, actually, my uncles keep saying you know he nailed it, and I was like, I don't know. If, <laughs> Grandpa wants yeah. to know that because, <laughs> you know, all those jokes. But, like, yeah. my grandfather's, like, a very conservative guy. Okay. Like, he was, like, he's come, like, full circle, though. Now he's much more open-minded. But, like, three of his granddaughters came out of the closet. Oh, wow. Which, like, for, wow. somebody, yeah, for somebody who was at, like, marching against, like, um, LGBTQ marriage, like, have he's come Whoa. all wow. the way to, like, walking one of them down the aisle. So is that that's amazing? So three granddaughters all on the same side of the family. Yeah, it's like okay. The, I has got a gay gene. I, I know. There People, must be something in the water. I know. I, like our Thanksgiving is like so gay. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's awesome. I, were you the first to come out of the three? No, I was. I was the middle gay child. There you okay. go. <laughs> all right. There was a little padding. Yeah. Little padding. Before. Did it go chronologically by age? Uh, it did. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. And, and I remember, like, seeing pictures on, like, before any of us sort of came out, I sort of was I- identifying what was going on through social media because I'm mm-hmm. like, I have a special friend, too. Yeah. <laughs> always, like, you oh, wow. know, it's like all these pictures with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but did you reach out to that cousin? I just, I, well, one, my younger cousin, I was like, what, come on, what's happening? Uh, and she, like, totally didn't, like, she didn't, like. She wouldn't give it up. She didn't give she didn't take the bait. And yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> um, and so, like, I always think that's so interesting because people are like, oh, my God, it makes it so much easier. And it's like, no, everybody has to do it at their yes. own time when they're ready. Nothing makes anything that's easier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing. No. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into you as a first-time director, right? Mm-hmm. First-time woman director working with heavyweight producers and cast uh a lot of whom were men, like very experienced men in the industry. Mm-hmm. How much did you have to, well, how comfortable were you even in that role? How much work did you have to do like with yourself? And then how much did you have to fight for their respect? Not implying that they weren't respectful, right. but to like, to trust you enough. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, there's there were definitely these like moments that were kind of pivotal in terms of me seeing where 
um, I had respect. Uh-huh. Or, like, like very clear moments. Like, for instance, like, like even, like, with, like, Bruce, there, m- there was one moment where, like, he came onto set. We had to very quickly get a close-up of him. Mm-hmm. And, like, my DP kept going in for – he's going for a, a pickup when we were on Bruce's close. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, 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 we have to keep the camera on Bruce. And um, he did it again. And I was just, like, at a point where I was just like, keep the effing camera on Bruce's effing face. <laughs> and Bruce's like, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, and, like, and I don't, and, and like, and, and, and those, and you could see where those moments sort of made a difference. And and not, not necessarily that you have to get mad or, or raise your voice, yeah. but, like, being very clear in vision and, and being very clear that, like, there is an intention behind all these decisions. Yeah. I think that the more yeah. vocal I was about that, the more trust um, and confidence I gained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, at the end of the day, no one can tell your story better than you. Yeah, so yeah. So give me a fucking break. Right. For well, sure. Well, and it's funny because I like I knew of you because I've worked with your DP, yeah. Gabe. What's he's, up, Gabe Stanley? Yeah, he's Hi, amazing. Gabe. So he's, he's amazing. And he's very like generous with his experience and his talents for directors who don't have as much experience on set. Like, Gabe had way more experience than I had when we started working together. Mm. And so he was amazing at teaching me, but I also had to learn when to be like, Gabe, stop. Right, right. I'm telling you what I want. Yeah. You've explained all the options to me. I heard you the first time and I made a decision. So, you know. Yeah. That's it. And that's the thing. It's like, it's it's wonderful working. Like, we've worked together for so long. So, like, we have a nice dialogue like even in like heated moments right we're both very receptive to each other and i think that's why the collaboration has been so like satisfying over the years yeah um and what yeah well i was just gonna ask like so so you're a woman director and i i assume that you've thought about what that means like what kind of direction you want to give people and what you want the camera to do Mm -hmm. on set and how do you sync up with a male DP about that. I think about that a lot. Like, can you say something has the female gaze when a man is holding the camera? So right. a man is, like, physically controlling the gaze. Yeah. And yeah, no, I think it's an interesting conversation. Like, I for with Gabe in particular, we yeah. just talked so extensively about what every – what every shot was supposed to feel like and like down to like we wanted it to feel like this throwback of a family film like even in how it was shot and how it looked Mm -hmm. to have that sense of nostalgia for like because like you want it to feel like for me we wanted I wanted it to feel like something we had seen before but we hadn't Mm -hmm. so that that there there was a relatability to it for people who are like Oh yeah, like why haven't we seen this before? Right. Yeah. It just makes it easier than like sh- like this shocking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then in terms of like through the lens, this even though Gabe was behind the camera, we were so communicative about like what was every scene. What yeah. did it look yep. like? Why did it look like that? Yeah. So I I do think that um it it's just important to be really clear. Uh-huh. And um, totally, and, and like there was definitely moments with like my producers that like I did have to fight for. Yeah, there's like I I had to I that there's a scene with my mom that they didn't want they were thinking of cutting, which is which the one? emotional if, heart. If we're allowed to talk about it, yeah, which, which is the emotional heart of the um like when you I guys in the parking lot. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say that with the cup. How can you? That's the movie. Right. <laughs> 
well, that yeah, scene is the it's, movie. it's an interesting conversation, yeah. you know, and and um, you know, and look, it was like a dialogue, and at the end of the day, like they were like, oh my god, thank God you, <laughs> thank God you, yeah. uh, didn't listen to you know, yeah. and so, uh, but they brought what I thought was most rewarding, uh-huh. working with a ton of men. Mm-hmm. Were they were the exact opposite demographic that yeah. the movie was intended for, right? And so hearing everything that didn't read to them or didn't necessarily make the most sense made it a wonderful opportunity to look at this film and find how to make it as relatable as possible. Oh, yeah. And so I there were times where I had to like, you know, fight for things or. But, like, it was never an argument. Mm-hmm. They were so open and so supportive. Mm-hmm. And, like, everybody down from Bobby to Rob, Ryan, like, my financier, they all said, we don't know this story because we haven't had to come out right. and we are not a woman. Right. So, like, we, you're the one at the end of the day that has to, like, make these decisions. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I would imagine, like, the moments where having that specific and untraditional point of view helps you and when it makes things more difficult Mm -hmm. when it's like oh there's like um like something we like a voice we haven't heard a million times um and you're gonna really like hit this audience that's really hungry for this kind of content and a bigger audience Mm -hmm. but also like getting that audience and so like people even producers understanding that there is inherent value in that but then also feeling nervous about it right right right. like i would imagine it's a double-edged sword yeah yeah of course there is like there there was a funny moment on set um you know funny in retrospect where uh (laughs) you know all of the producers were on set this one day and it we were like it was a tight schedule we were moving really quickly and it was a huge it was a a huge scene with all the women in the kitchen we're talking about like spin the bottle and and my my mom does the the, like the jerk off motion right that made me laugh so (laughs) and so with all the men on set like they they were like well we we think like you know the jerk off motion might it might be funnier if it's like a little bit bigger and i was like we just i was like we really don't we don't have time for this and so so then we're like (gasps) so then we like we move past it and i go back to video village and i was like i just want to point out that we just wasted 20 minutes on a jerk off motion in my lesbian film feels kind oh, of ironic yeah. <laughs> but yes. uh, but they i mean but good th- i'm glad you yeah. said that yeah but they but they totally like like we're like yeah you're right <laughs> like fine and they laughed and you know we moved on and yeah. you know but this, that's the thing like every single step of the way like i can't i can't articulate the amount of supportive like collaborative and, and how encouraging they were like mm-hmm. they, i like would not have ever been able to feel like um, I could have like it was just the pressures were high and we were moving so quickly that mm-hmm. like their contagious energy is really what encouraged me to keep pushing forward because like we had two blizzards <laughs> we had 15 days like it was crazy yeah and so like yeah there were like a few obstacles but like it was awesome yeah and if that was like one of the first LGBT movies that they worked on like if anything it's such a blessing that now they can move forward with a new perspective yeah you know because like how rare to be in those situations now with someone who has a voice like yours and a story like yours that's going out into the big screen you know because hopefully I would hope that moving forward they would have taken a little piece of that and will be more open-minded or you know think about a lot more things than maybe they would have before right well you know Rob Moran who's the one he's the one that like was like yes we're doing this he's he plays the dad in South of Nowhere 
Oh matters. my god. <laughs> yeah, it's so he plays the dad in South I didn't of connect no, that. Yeah, that's no, funny. So when he read the script, he he was so aware yeah. that there was an audience hungry for this and he was the one who like got the financier to be like, "No, you don't understand. Like I, I can't tell you how many fans come up to me and be like, "Aren't you the dad of South of Nowhere?" <laughs> and they get like so excited. Yeah. Um and so he really had this understanding and then when he connected me connected me to Bobby so I was at a festival with Grand Late Stand and Bobby saw it and Rob knew we were both at this festival and connected us and so Bobby wow. and I had this like awesome. whole conversation and um, he read the script and his daughter had come out oh, and wow. he didn't realize he asked her if this is how she felt and he's like, oh, I didn't know that. And she's like, yeah, like, I don't feel like that now. But, like, you know, when you're going through it. Yeah. And so it's it, it created a, a conversation with them. And and he thought that was important. And so there was, like, a lot of miracles along this way. Yeah. I, absolutely. Um, wow. Yeah, the movie, for as fun as it was, was also, like, low-grade stressful for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to bring – I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. I wasn't sure if I was going to yeah, do that for you. I feel like I, I feel like it's – the whole thing is still a conversation that I'm having with my parents that's, like, not yeah. finished and maybe will never be finished. Mm -hmm. um, but so it's not, like, just relatable to, like, the moment of coming out, but just that constant, like, renegotiating. Yeah. The dance you do. The dance. Your, yeah. your identity to your parents and with your parents and, Yeah. I think you said something important the other day. We went out for drinks after we saw your film, and Jesse we had to said, unload "Yeah, we feelings. were unloading. It was <laughs> it was went deep. It was deep rooted." Um, and you said something like, "Is it my job or my responsibility that when someone like my grandma says, hey, do you have a boyfriend yet?' And if Jesse or you know myself says, "No, not yet,' do you then say, "Well, because I'm gay," or because maybe <laughs> it's a girlfriend?" Like that alone is is stress because then you're almost forced to be like, "Okay, well, do I bring it up?" now or like how or it's, right. it's, just, yeah. it's that dance it's all about that dance because I well this is gonna come out after Thanksgiving so I'll give everyone so the good. update on how this went <laughs> but I'm going to Thanksgiving in Kentucky with my dad to see his side of the family who I haven't seen in a while and am not that close with they're not like up on my day-to-day -day. and so I just said to my mom, I was like, I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety about going to Kentucky this year just because, like, I, like, haven't talked to any of them about, you know, my romantic life. And she was like, well, I don't know why that would need to come up. Like, it just it doesn't need to come up. And you know that they love you. So don't worry about it. And that's like, no. yeah, but you don't understand because if someone says, like, do you have a boyfriend? I have to make a choice about how I'm going to answer that question. Right. Yeah. And it's like that's the kind of constant negotiating that you're doing. Yeah. I do. I feel like it's kind of like that thing where it's like exhausting to have any lies. Yeah. Or like, totally. Because then it's like, oh, OK, well, I don't want to say that. OK, well, if it comes up, how am I going to dodge that? Right. Or if it, or or if there's like an area that you don't want to talk about. Like I felt like the same exact anxiety with like being a writer yeah. and like making no money. Like I didn't want anybody to yeah. talk to me about work <laughs> yeah. because totally. I felt totally. like a failure. Yeah. Right. And so it, it and, and I think with that is that aspect of shame that you feel like you're seeking approval and hoping you get it and don't want to disappoint. Right. Totally. Yeah. It's having to, like, make yourself be very vulnerable in a casual conversation. Right. And, like, it, it, it right. could go so many different directions. And some of them are totally fine, great directions. And some of them are going to feel like shit. And you don't know what's going to happen. Right. So, like, that's the stress. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. I was thinking about that last night, actually, because we went to – my wife and I went to this premiere. And there was this woman who was, like – 
I don't know, in her 80s, and she was like, hi, how are you doing? Did you come with anyone? And I was like, yeah, this is my wife. And then I'm, like, looking at her face, like, reaction, and your reaction, blank face. And then there's that moment that's like, oh, oh. And like that whole, you go on that whole journey of them uh, seeing, acknowledging, trying not to react. And like, yes. Yeah, you hit it right before. It's like you're always coming out. Yeah. Like you've been coming out. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's really annoying. Tiring. (laughs) (laughs) Always. It's like, no, still gay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a question about how you cast Caitlin, who plays your girlfriend. Yes. Caitlin Maynard, is that how you say her last yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so did you do, like, a chemistry test with her? Yeah. How did you discover her? Well, so Caitlin and I actually met, like, 10 years ago. Please randomly. tell me you dated. <laughs> no, we okay. didn't date, but I remember thinking she was cute. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, I was like, my, my wife's going to be like, what? <laughs> delete, delete, delete. She's cute. She's yeah. objectively cute. Yeah. cute. She's cute. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And she was like, so when we met, actually, she had a girlfriend and I had a boyfriend. That's how long ago it was. Okay. Um, and now she's engaged to a guy and I have oh, a wife. Oh, a little swap. <laughs> but um, we met and then it was just like this like um, fleeting moment in time. And then I had this script years later and I'd reach out to this manager and I said, do you know any? anybody who'd be great in this role and she mm-hmm. was like do you know Caitlyn Maynard and I hadn't put two and two together but then we were sitting across from each other and I was like still cute remember yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 this might work yeah. <laughs> that's funny oh my god <laughs> when you well okay wait before I bring this up, you mentioned Girl Night Stand, which I feel like we should explain oh, yeah. what that is exactly. Oh, so it's this short film that I did as a proof of concept because when I tried to attach a star and a director for six years and I couldn't without any money, I had mm. to do a proof of concept of just doing it myself. Um, and then I that went viral, which made it helpful to get the financing for the feature. Right. Yeah. And I love the actress who was in Girl Night Stand. I loved her, Meryl. She was amazing. Yeah. Um, but then when that went viral um, – it became its own piece of intellectual property mm-hmm. that I had to treat separate to Lesbom. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that. yeah. And so then because of that maybe being turned into something else, fingers crossed, um, oh. then yeah. Lesbom, we we had to recast because, okay. yeah. Right. Got it. Um, yeah, she was very good in that. She It was a different vibe than Caitlin has. Yeah, totally different She, vibe. like, devoured you with her eyes. And <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's a whole other level of things You're happening. I like, can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, 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 like, I asked my wife, too, like, about, like, oh, like, the different types of chemistry. Yeah. Um, which is so interesting because, like, one's very much, like, this, like, this, like, the excitement of meeting someone and, like, the moment and then the other is more of like this like love that sort of happens over time Mm -hmm. right that you have to like really go through stuff together Mm -hmm. and it is and i so i'm so happy how it worked out because i think they both like serve like the stories and the characters so well Mm -hmm. as actresses totally agreed yeah and you could see even like if if we said the characters that you play in each of those things are the same person, that that would be maybe an evolution of girls that you dated. Right, right. The girl who kind of like turned you (laughs) in your one night stand and then the girl that you ended up dating. Um, But did you intentionally like write it into the script that your girlfriend would be femme? Like, was that always? Oh yeah. That was always a, that was always a choice. Okay. Cause I, I felt like it just in terms of like, like the characters 
coming home and uh-huh. like it, and then the family just not putting pieces together mm-hmm. it it, yeah. it, it, make, it right. makes it a bit more challenging yeah because yeah, like yeah. even like when I would go to um I don't know there's that thing like I when I was dating and I would I always loved women that were super femme uh-huh. um and then I would end up dating people who were straight (laughs) yeah that's the challenge and and, you know and like and then i would wonder why life was dramatic right (laughs) totally (laughs) yeah yes ringing bells over there (laughs) there's some bells ringing to my right there's a bell that rang but Uh it made it it just added like it added this um opportunity to be playful with that that humor and then with like um ab's character um and added another layer with that with that character yeah. as well. Yeah, the drug dealer. Yeah, the drug dealer. I was gonna mention that because I think that it was so funny that she was like the instant. Oh, there's a lesbian. Your whole family was like, yeah, dating the lesbian. It was like right. such an overt, <laughs> but then they couldn't see yeah. right in front of them that you were also a lesbian. Yeah, it's like the, what's it's so obvious sometimes. It's, yeah. it's our, where our blind spot is. Yeah, people get confused by femi lesbians. It's just even a whole... though she's wearing plaid. So even... come on. <laughs> Um, oh my god, <laughs> Jesse! <laughs> yeah, so you have more things in the pipeline. You know, so we're trying. So like, we're trying to like. I'm prioritizing. Uh-huh. My manager's always like, it's "Important. Yeah. This is number one. This is number two. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just love all of these. Things. You know, <laughs> she's like, no, but. With Girl Night Stand, I'm turning that into a TV series that love we're that. taking out and Whoa. pitching. Amazing. Oh, yeah. And I have a, a big female ensemble comedy that also has an LGBTQ arc to it in a different way. It's, okay. I'm really excited about that. And then I have a sports movie that's um, also a huge ensemble comedy. I really love big ensembles. Okay. Wow. Is the sports one LGBT? also? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but there are characters in it. The, the oh, arc cool. of it is okay. not really. Yeah. yeah. Got so it. it's not about softball. Yeah. There, no, there is softball. Okay. But <laughs> right, 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 right. It's all like, it's all like, okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but like remember well, the lessons of Bend It Like Beckham because uh, <laughs> great film. Taylor, so our wonderful um, co-producer at Acast, was just bitching with me before you got here about how that movie is like quote unquote not gay, but it's like the gayest <laughs> movie ever. Yeah. And someone needs to write that somehow, remake it, remake super it. gay. <laughs> super. Wonder if Kira will do it. It's a big fucking elephant in the room. The oh, whole yeah. time you're watching that movie and you're like, something doesn't feel right. When they're dancing and she has like that little shimmery top, I'm like, you guys are gay. Oh my, I was just having this conversation that? with um, a, a friend of mine about like pointing out the movies that you're like, they're in love with each other. Yes. When it's like not like, yes. like I saw when I was like really yeah. like going through it, I saw um, uh, Bride Wars. Do you remember that movie? Oh, like, God. With, like Kate yeah. Hudson and Anne Hathaway. I was like, they're in love with each other. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that would explain Anyone? everything. <laughs> Me and my one of my good friends went <laughs> to see that movie, and we had like totally different experiences. <laughs> like we walked out, and I was she was like, wasn't she's like right, but she was like talking about something so, yeah. and I was like, yeah, yeah. I know lesbians. Right. And she's like, no, I didn't see that. Yeah. And I was like, come on, <laughs> right in front of your eyes. Oh yeah. Well, I'm having an epiphany. Epiphany. I think this is why I was so obsessed with Francis Ha. Oh, <laughs> because. That well, okay. Let's let's ha- let's talk about this on another episode because okay. I'll fall I'll fall down a rabbit hole forever. But like that's they're very in love with each other in that movie. But it's not actually. Uh, yeah, I I think yeah, and it's also like what we bring to the story. Like I went to see I went to see right. Wicked and remember you know that song for good. I like started yeah. I was like sitting next to my ex girlfriend and I felt like like 
who is like was like we're never gonna be together because I'm not doing this. <laughs> like my family won't accept mm. it. Blah blah. blah. And so, yeah. uh, so for good came on. I was like, in my head, I was like, this is our breakup song. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of Wicked. Yeah, I was wow. like, <laughs> that is yep. a special yeah, experience. Well, pretty sure no one else is having there. No, 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 not one other person. But it's like, it's like really what, what I was feeling. And I was like, this is it. This is it. You're like, I love you, but I have to let you go. <laughs> and then yeah. it's like families from Nebraska sitting all around you. That's like, awesome. No one knows what this movie, what this play is about. Yeah. But I know. Yeah. On to them. It says. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> So uh, I had shared with both of you before we recorded this, this article that came out in the Times this weekend that got my mother all enraged. And then when she told me about it, got me all enraged. And I wanted to chat with you about it for a sec because now you are like officially hat in the ring of Hollywood. You are in it and you're, it sounds like you're just getting in it deeper and deeper. And it's a crazy time to be getting into Hollywood right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the article was like taking stock of what's happening a year after Me Too but what it actually I think that was so Brooks Barnes wrote it and I think that was his intention was just like take the temperature and what he discovered through interviewing lots of male like studio heads and producers and stuff all off the record was that they think they're all biding their time until this goes away. Oh. Yeah. Mm. And they like he talks about how some of them really like misread the room talking to him about it even. And there's this one quote. He says it was like a prominent male producer who was talking about Time's Up. And this guy said, yap, yap, go back to your kennels. Talking about the women who are leading that. So that I was reading that on the subway. and I got so fucking angry about that quote because it's like no one is going back. First of all, fuck you for basically mm-hmm. implying that these women are dogs. Yep. Like the word kennels, Jesus Christ. But no one's fucking going back. So mm-hmm. it's crazy that they're all just kind of like, okay, yes. Do your thing. Yes, ladies. Right. We understand equality. We're mm-hmm. going to try to hire you. We promise. It's so fucking good. And hoping that it's going to blow over. So I'm glad you're storming the gates. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very good knowing that you are going to be among the ranks of people who are keeping this live, I assume. Um, but yeah, like... Wh- how do you what's your feeling about getting getting into getting more I, I look I think that there you have to create more representation and I think but yeah. the, I think the stories that we're attracted to are based on like where we come from and like the lens through which we see the world yeah. and if, if you have I, if you have a lot of men making the decisions they're gonna gravitate to stories that they relate to. Yep. And it's really important to get those, to get more women in the position where they're making the decision right. to bring the stories to light that represent women across the board. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, because I don't expect men to suddenly know how to write about women's experiences. Right. <laughs> right. I just need the women to write about their own experiences. Yeah. And, and create, creating the opportunity for, for these stories to, to, you know, come to fruition. Yeah. yeah. I think that's such a great point because also like reading – Stuff like that. For me, I'm like, you like shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, not even that, but like, okay, you guys sit down because when more women come and storm the yard, like your voice is going to be non-existent. So if this <laughs> makes you feel happy now, <laughs> if, like your insecurities mean that you need to project and call a bunch of women dogs to go back to their kennel. You do that. Great. That makes you feel good. But at the end of the day, there's going to be way more Jenna's that are walking in just as powerful with huge voices that are going to make moves. So 
like reading Put that the men in their kennels. Me, like, yeah, like that shit makes me angry. But I'm like, all right, you guys just wait and see because it's it's just now things are changing really. Yeah, yeah. and it's and it's wonderful to see like a lot of women out there yes. creating and like because I you know we've. Uh, through the, the festivals, there's been lots of panels and there's been lots of conversations. And I think that the most important thing is to just go out and like do it yeah. and figure out how to do it because the more women who are doing that will create more opportunities for other women to do it yep. and, 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 and inspiring younger filmmakers to go out and do it and continue to like push forward. Exactly. Totally. Word. Okay, I think Thanks it's time, guys. For the wheel? For the hot takes wheel. Okay. <laughs> so Explain the wheel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna so we have a, a spinning you. wheel. Well, I'm gonna have to hold it for you. Um, it's still a little bit under construction. <laughs> this is like my spin the spin the bottle <laughs> nightmare all over. Yep. It, this actually it's is happening. spin the bottle. We're gonna play that right yeah. now. <laughs> you're gonna have to whisper into my ear. Um, so you're gonna have to give it a hard spin. Okay. But it's just uh, some questions that are things that Alana and I like talk about how we want to talk about them but we're not going to spend too much time so we're just going to go around the horn and get everyone's like hot take on the topic so these are from our brains eventually we ask that the listeners tweet us or dm us or whatever their suggestions for topics but for now you're stuck with our stupid thoughts (laughs) i like it all right so give it really a hard spin give it a spin i'm holding it oh okay okay (laughs) anti-climactic Poorly constructed. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So this topic is pronouns: abolish or expand. Oh, I. We I, can elaborate on that a little bit to also buy you time to think about it for a second. Yeah. Well, no, I've been thinking actually. Oh, I had a okay, conversation about. I I think that the pronouns. I think people should have the option to being referred how they so desire. Agreed. Yes. So I think what we were wondering with this question is like. Does that mean we should keep coming up with new pronouns? Oh, like more like and more and more. Like, little, yeah, I think. Or that. just get rid of all of them because it's all stupid construct anyway. Like, right. uh, like right. how I identify as she is totally different than how you do and how you do. But then I guess if you think about it, if you were to abolish, like what do you actually refer to someone as using something that can be referred to? Yeah, like if I'm like, oh, like she's coming on over here. Like, well, I like, guess then it's like, all like they it's them. all they them. They them. Okay, so oh, maybe I, that's the yeah, question. that's interesting. I think they, that's what okay. abolish means. Okay, so is it all they them, or is it expand, and create new? Oh gosh. Well, I think that I like having the option, but that might just be the writer in me, like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the of character, course. like yeah. the yeah. character, because it's it, it is insightful to people into like you know, who they are, which pronoun they yearn to be mm-hmm. called. I, I think it's important to be very sensitive um, to what, like, how people want to be referred, but also sensitive to the fact that people are still learning how to use and incorporate the, yeah. the pronoun, pronouns as well. Yeah. Like, my mom is, like, like so, like, she's, like, I don't understand, and she's, like, trying so hard. Yeah, and too. so, like, having the patience to, having the patience to, you know, walk like moms through this you know process but and like also like the curiosity to ask people what their preference is Mm -hmm. yes totally I agree I agree I think that I think that and sometimes I have a little bit of a not a problem but I question they them because I want 
there to be more for a community of people who right now their only option is to use they them Mm -hmm. that's the only quote other pronoun right and for me it's like well we're so much more than that like it almost is like such a bummer to be like well that's the only one left over so maybe that's what we'll use and it's like you guys everyone is so important Mm -hmm. there needs to be pronouns I think that can really represent a particular group of people that maybe it's just like well, you know, they, them, that's like, that's just what's there. Uh-huh. Unless they want to be they, them. I think it's so complex, but I feel like if there were a pronoun that were like a he or a she, but can refer to non-binary individuals, that's something that gives them more credit than just quote the other pronoun. Right. Then uh-huh. I feel like that would be something that would be interesting too. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you vote for expand? I vote for expand, yeah. Okay. Because I, I mean, the way that Jenna was saying it, I love being, I love my pronouns. I love being her or hers. You know what I mean? And it's not that, I, I don't know. I, I there's something about you know my my womanhood and my femininity and yeah, my queerness I, that I I'm, I'm proud to be a her. I love to fight for rights for her. Uh huh. Um. I just I don't know. And maybe that's putting too much weight behind a pronoun. At the end of the day, we're all humans and we shall be fighting for things that matter, right? I don't know. But I think for now, as of today, November twelfth, I would like to expand. <laughs> I vote to expand. I'm impressed with your date recall because I can never so remember what the date is. Well, you're hungover. Out it. Your turn. Um, God. I mean, every time we talk about pronouns, I get to a point of wanting to abolish them because mm-hmm. I get so confused yeah. about like matching language to experience. Mm. Um, and I just feel like, <sighs> yeah, I would get I would get rid of all of them. I would say because I feel like I don't know, man. Like, it's tough. like if if a baby is born who's identified by doctors and their parents as female at birth, and then their whole childhood they're like put in that category, mm-hmm. then I think yeah. they immediately start to feel weird when they're expected to like things they don't like. Mm-hmm. It's like this yeah. this immediate identity issue that we give every person who's born in this right. society, and like that's part of it is this just very generic grouping yeah that doesn't yeah. sit right with no one sits 100 percent right with the gender expectations that they're given right but maybe that's not a pronoun problem maybe it's how we talk about gender yeah, problem i don't know honestly jess i don't know i think that <laughs> that's okay no i you know because i think i think you have a point there are babies that are born and they are assigned a gender or a sex that they don't agree with, you know, therefore trans community, non-binary, you know, the world is so complex, but I think that there are people that exist that were assigned a gender that is truly them. Not to say that it's okay because everyone, you know what I mean? I feel like it exists yeah. like everything else exists. I don't know how to answer your question because it's really fucking complicated. And well, I too bad it's on the hot stuff. takes wheel, yeah. so you're supposed to give a hot That's take and move fault. on. But it's, it's <laughs> tough. Like, I, and you know, I, I think about things a lot especially with this because my mom too has a hard time and she's a scientist um she was a microbiologist for the u.s army so she has like a very scientific brain but she's also super liberal liberal sorry and is just like loves love and everything's great but when she talks to me scientifically she's like but can you describe non-binary because the chromosome and she starts going to the science world and i'm like no 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 that's not it's so much more than science but I don't know where I'm going with that other than it's just so much more than what we are programmed slash know and learn. Sure. That that's why I like expanding because it's like, let's just give people the fucking option. Right. There's something I was I was thinking a lot about this uh, the other day because I was at 
the movies and I overheard this mother talking to her little girl about like the poster and mm-hmm. she was pointing to the character I think it was like the nutcracker I'm not and and she's like isn't she beautiful yeah isn't she so she's like such uh. a princess and and I think like what you're saying when yeah, you're when that. you're as like a child and like you start to be almost assigned a yes. certain role that if you feel outside of that role it creates this like tension because yeah. it doesn't fit yeah mm-hmm. and instead of like you know using those words that are not specific to gender you know like strong mm-hmm. intelligent yes you know yes yeah uh-huh. such a great yeah <laughs> such a great point I actually fell victim to that the other day I went to one of my old coworkers slash good friends homes and she has a one-year-old now baby girl and when I went up to say hi to Dylan, I was like, Dylan, do you know how beautiful you are? Do you know how perfect you are? And then I looked at myself and I was like, ew, Alana. And I was like, but you're smart <laughs> yeah. and you're strong <laughs> right. and you are an independent woman. But the mm-hmm. first thing that came to my mouth when I saw the baby girl is, you have to know you're the most beautiful little baby. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's I was like, habitual. There's yeah. something habitual yes. about it. I was super disappointed in myself for doing that because as like a independent, you know, like queer feminist woman. It's like, why did I, I instantly, the first thing that came to my mouth mouth was assigning this this little baby something that you know it's so surface yeah like oh you're such a beautiful princess yeah and it's like wait let me start over yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. we're programmed we're conditioned like that yeah. yeah um so it's up to us to change but agree i think what you're saying is true that when you're born you should not be automatically assigned if you are i think it's very important to go with jenna's point that you use words and give them opportunities and environments where they aren't they don't feel like they have to be in that category right yeah, I'm just saying let's stop assuming we know anything about somebody based on their gender. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's all. Okay, so we agree. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Good hot takes, everybody. Hot <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer, for being so our tough. guinea pig with that. Thank you for having me. I um, wish I spun it harder, but but I like the conversation that <laughs> came too. out of my my week spin. There you go. That was one that was, it was a all scary worth it. one, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so Lesbom is now available all the places people find streaming movies. Yeah, so we're, well, we're in theaters or let's talk about weeks. December. Yeah. What will the situation be? I th- we are still in a few theaters. Cool. If you go to lesbomovie.com, I think you go, you'll see screenings Boom. and events and it'll list where we are. Great. Um, and then, yeah, obviously we're available on like yeah, in the iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, all of those. Uh, but I will encourage people if you can see it in a theater because yeah. it's totally the kind of movie you want to see with an audience who's laughing around you. Yeah, it's and a everyone fun movie. was laughing around us. Yeah, oh my and God, not not just because they were related to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was only actually one person. I think I know because yeah. when you were like this audience, I was like, I wonder who's there. Yeah. <laughs> just your uncle and his friends. He was um, so sweet when we were leaving. He was like, "Thanks for coming." Oh, he's so we're like, cute. Yeah, and then I stuttered and I was like, "Congrats." <laughs> Congrats on being depicted so lovingly. <laughs> Your niece didn't out. roast you. Because <laughs> it really, it could go either way. Um, yeah, yeah guys so guys, go, go find it. it. And I guess we'll just keep following you in the trade papers to see, <laughs> see what you crossed. do next. <laughs> yeah. yeah, guys, you have to go see it. Great movie. I can't echo it enough. It, it, it For anyone, straight, gay, non-binary, whatever it is, please go see it. It's just a great movie. Super Especially fun around the holidays. holidays. Mm. Exactly. When we say it at the same time, let's be true. Aww, we wink at each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, thank you so much for coming. This, this was No, rad. thank you for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you both.
All right, that's it for today's episode of the Female Gaze Podcast. Remember to subscribe everywhere that you find your podcast so you get each new episode each week popping up in your business. You can be like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's a new episode of my new favorite podcast. <laughs> Ready to get my mind blown by some badass people on the female gaze. That would be our guest, not us. Uh, and Alana, do you want to remind everyone? Yeah, so follow us on social media at Ooh, what's Female that? Gaze Pod. That's my porn voice, <laughs> Female Gaze Pod. Wow. On Instagram and Twitter. Don't judge the lack of followers we have right now. Although maybe when you listen to this, we'll be crushing it. But at Female Gaze, gaze Pod, Female Gaze Pod, follow us, slide in our DMs with all the good things yeah send us topics for the hot takes wheel mm-hmm. we don't want to come up with them anymore yeah give us some new ideas yeah and if you heard something that we talked about on an episode and you just want to chat more learn more or just talk that's what we're here for yep and i do want to mention we just had a hot takes debate about pronouns with three cis people we will be having some non-cis people on the show to that's also right. get into that so it's just the beginning of a very long ongoing conversation that's right so don't worry we're aware we're, we're aware. aware. We're yeah. all about education, educating ourselves. And, exactly. And just First having and foremost. Com- that's right. And having conversations. There you go. Just chatting. We're chatting. All right. See you guys next week. All right. Bye, guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.